go. You hear me? Oh, yeah, you got me. I want to give you an update on what I know about what's going on in Texas. Uh, we did deploy uh, uh, last Friday. We had some leave uh, yesterday, and some have arrived today. We have out there now. Uh, I just got an update from Wes Jones, who is our Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief Coordinator. He's out there, but I just want to let you know what, what I have recently got uh, from out that way. Uh, we got a DR training that's, that's going to come up as well, uh, but I wanted to get to... Uh, um, well, I had them there a while ago. But anyway, we've got a feeding unit out there. We've got a shower and laundry trailer out there already. They are relo relocating our unit today, one of our units, to Sugarland, Texas, which is a, another 160 miles uh, west because they couldn't take care of, they didn't have a space for it at that point. But I want you to know your local Tennessee Baptist people are now all over South Texas, helping those folks eat. They got the feeding unit out there. They got a shower trailer out there. They've got a laundry trailer out there. They've got a mud out unit out there. Uh, and we've got people deployed, uh, and some are en route already to, de to redeploy. We're probably going to have to, if it continues, we're going to have to relieve the crew that's there with people uh, from here, from Knox County, from Anderson County, or from Clinton Association, and Morgan and uh, the one down south of us. We've all kind of teamed together uh, to touch the hearts and lives of the people that are out there. It's a devastating uh, event, uh, but God's in control, and I thank God that, that he is. Uh, and I, I'll uh, try to give uh, uh, the pastors the update as I get them in from our disaster relief folks who are stationed in uh, just north of Nashville and the name of that little city uh, anyway that's where Wes is and, and his staff uh, I talk to them about every other day or so uh, on what's going on generally but it's been pretty often since the flood came because uh, of all of this if you have your Bibles I'd like for you to turn to Romans chapter 12 um, as we as we continue to think about uh, God's Word one of the things that uh, I kind of entitled uh, the message, uh, the words of Jesus Christ. And not long ago as I was studying, and, and that came to me, the words of Jesus Christ, I began to think about, well, what are the words of Jesus Christ? And, and I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I got a Bible that's uh, at home. This one doesn't. Well, it does. That's a red-letter edition. And when I read that, the words of Jesus Christ, they're all in red, I began to do my Bible reading that day and read it every day. And all I did was read the red letters, the words that Jesus spoke. And I'm telling you, I learned some things. And I, you know, I went to New Orleans Seminary and done all these things. But as I began to focus on what Jesus really said, and, and it was printed to us and printed by some of our, our uh, translators and our Bible people that put our, our words together, they recorded it in red, and I appreciate that. So in your Bible study this week, if you would like, do what I did. I started in the book of Matthew, I, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John chronologically, and I read the, the, red, I read the red letters uh, of all of those chapters. 
and, and I was enlightened uh, very much so. And as, as we think about what the Lord has laid on my heart uh, for this evening, as we think about the words of Christ, if you have your Bibles, turn to, to Romans chapter 12. Uh, and I just wanted to, uh, to talk a little bit there about we're in Romans chapter 1 through 11, we're, he's talking about what to believe. In Romans chapter 12 through the end of the chapter, he's talking to Christians on how we ought to behave. And uh, the book of, uh, in, in James, if you want to turn there with me for just a minute, flip over to James chapter 1, because that's the scripture that I really want you to zero in on uh, this evening. In James chapter 1, uh, and verse number 22 and following, look at these words that, Jesus, that, that James writes to us. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continually, there, continually therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man, religion, is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and, and the Father is this, to visit the, uh, the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And I thank God that, that those verses of Scripture have, has penetrated my heart over and over and over again. And the one in, in Colossians tells us, uh, if you want to uh, flip to Colossians chapter number 3, uh, and verse number 16, I, I just want to read that one verse uh, to you. I, I've probably quoted it uh, uh, lots of times, but I don't want to misquote God's Word. In, in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 16, it says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another uh, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace into your heart. We need to forbear one another. We need to forgive one another. We need, as children of God, we need to put on some new clothing. We need to put on things that, that will radiate the love of Christ wherever we may be, whether it be at church or whether it be on the street corner or whatever it be. I may have told you the story about Paul Webster. I'll tell you about the story Paul Webster and I. We were in a restaurant in Knoxville, now, I tell you, I think I did it about some lady coming up behind and ask, you know, you just made the statement, you're a, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I wonder why would they ask? I don't know what it was, something we said, something we did, but I said it this morning. I'd rather see a sermon as to hear one anytime. We, you don't have to be a preacher to preach the Word of God. You just have to live your life in such a manner that people will come and say, why are you the way you are? And you can say, I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you about a man called Jesus because he made a difference in my life and he'll make a difference in your life. James tells us to be 
uh, continually tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Uh, Dr. Landrum Level, uh, when I was in seminary, he said from the, a couple of things from, from the, uh, in chapel, one of the things he said that uh, I, I may have told you this one because it's a funny. He said he went through the dorm where most of the single guys lived, and then when he came back, he said, I went through the dorm this morning, and when I got back, I wanted to say to you, I believe we've got more skull brothers in this seminary than we do soul brothers. So he found the, t- the, the tobacco in, in the dorm, and he was just kind of ribbing the guys about all that. He didn't approve of that nonetheless. But he said, he said to all of us, Dr. Level did, not even God can preach from an empty bucket. So what he was saying to you and what I, to me and, and what I want to say to you and, and reiterate to you and I, we can't minister from an empty bucket. We ought to have something in the bucket all the time. We don't know when God, we ought to put something in there. And we ought to study every day and have something in the bucket because we don't know uh, where and when we're going to need that. As Dr. Level says, no man can preach from an empty bucket. So keep something in the bucket. And, and that's what I think I, I, we're talking. We forbear one another. We, we forgive one another. And above all things, we put on charity and all of this. And let the word of God dwell in you richly. What the writer of Colossians is telling us, let people see Jesus in you. Be forbearing. Don't get all upset when things don't go your way or my way. You know, don't get all been out of shape. I've been, been out of shape a few times in my ministry, okay? And you be honest, you probably have too. But we need to understand that everybody doesn't think like I think. But as long as it's not ungodly, it's okay for them to believe a little bit differently than me on an issue if it doesn't bring about sin in one's life. You know, the Bible even teaches us that God's Word is not of any private interpretation. You know, we can read it. And sometimes you read a verse and, and you'll be like me. I, I've done it many a time. Wow, I didn't know it said that. You know, all of a sudden, God just turned on a light. And, and there it was. And he tells us that, you know, we ought, to, we ought to live like that. He talks about wives in this chapter. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wife and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things. And this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, uh, lest they become discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasing, but singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Let people know you believe what you're you're, you're preaching or believe what you're t- saying. They'll read through it if you don't. If, you, if they get the idea, you don't even believe what he's preaching or you don't even believe what he's teaching, then that'll show forth. Ultimately, that'll come out. But I thank God that he loves us enough to, to look at our mistakes and look at our errors and, and go forward. So again, I, I want to encourage you this week to begin, if you if you have a mind to, and, and start in the book of Matthew and don't read the commentary about what Matthew or, and them are, what's in the, le- just read the red, the red 
letters beginning in Matthew all the way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it blessed me immeasurably, and I'm sure it will bless you. I, you know, when, if you think about, and I'll probably speak about this a little bit tomorrow night, if you think about the words of Jesus when, when uh, he was about to be crucified, and, and, uh, and in essence, uh, uh, I'll not turn there, in essence, I'll just tell you what, what God spoke to me as a result of that, that passage. Peter said, in essence, Peter said, it's not going to happen on my watch. So he said, that's not going to happen. And, and Jesus looked at him and he said, it's not only going to happen, you're going to deny that you know me three times before the rooster crows in the morning. And Peter's probably said, not me. That's not going to happen on my watch. It happened, didn't it? You remember that? He, he said, they were talking to him and Peter said, no, I don't know him. And another one, no, I don't know him. Another one, no, no, I don't, have, I don't know him. And Jesus looked at him, and he knew. And the Bible says he went out and wept bitter tears. And you would think, if the man that Peter was, and Jesus being the son of the living God, that Jesus may have been finished with Peter. But one chapter later, after Jesus condemned him like that, Peter preached and 3,000 people were saved. <laughs> you know? So don't give up hope. Let God do the smoothing out of, of you and me. Let God smooth the rough edges. Let God heal the wounds. Let God minister to our hearts. And let the words of Christ dwell in us richly. And let it be to the point that it overflows and spills on a neighbor or on a friend or on a lost person on the street, you know. We ought to walk and talk and act like when people, want to when people see us, they finally come to the point, why are you the way you are? And you can say, because of this, because of that, because of something else. I have been so tremendously blessed in the journey that God's had me on. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do this. I'm, I don't mind telling you. Maybe I told you this morning. I finally reached a pair of sevens, 77 years old, and still in pretty good health and able to go and able to do. Got some issues, as most men do, uh, but uh, I want to be serving him when he calls me home. I hope I can, even if it's laying in a hospital bed. I want to have enough energy to just lift up my hand to heaven and thank him for who he is and for what he's done for me and the protection, the hedge that he has built about me. In my military career, I've shared this with you, I know. In my military career, I spent two years in France, the sin city of the world. I was in Paris and all over. I spent one year in Korea, which is a tough place to be. I spent one year in Alaska on a, on a remote radar site up there. I've been all over that. But I want to tell you something. I've never been where God wasn't. He showed up every time. He showed up, and he's been there for me when things were tough, you know. When I, I uh, kissed my kids goodbye and didn't see them for another year, it was tough. I came back after a two-year stint 
And my four-year-old little girl didn't know who I was. She didn't know that I was her daddy. She didn't know. She didn't recognize me as that. She knew what her daddy's name was. But she didn't know who who. And uh, she didn't like me initially. She's a minister. She's ministering in a church as a youth and uh, and choir leader in South Mississippi. Been there for for years. And by the way, was in Memphis when the flood hit, and made her way home three days later. So she drove through water from Memphis to Pascagoula, Mississippi, uh, where she when she got home, the, the water was on I-10, not over it, but on you know up on it a ways. Anybody have, you got a testimony you'd like to give? I just want to be this a testimony time to let you know a little bit about the journey that I've been on. And, and I do encourage you to read the words of Jesus uh, beginning tonight if you can do that and see what Jesus had to say. And I, I know it enlightened me, and I believe it will you if you'll do that. Make that your Bible study for the next couple of weeks. It may take you that long to get through all that he said because he said a mouthful. And we ought to pay attention to what Jesus says. <laughs> All right? Anybody else? Anybody got anything to share? We're going to sing a song and, uh, and get out of here shortly. But I do want you to pray for our disaster relief people, not only those from, from Tennessee. Uh, we've got a group from up in Morristown. We've got some from, from our association that's there. We've got some from, from uh, the other associations that are down there now. And that... The word I got today that we're probably going to have to swap those teams out because they're not going to be able to stay as long as they expect this this to happen. As I said, did I, I did say they got there and they were ready to set up and they were informed they had to go another 161 mile to Sugar Land, Sugar something, Texas. That's on west, I think, of, of where the disaster was. I guess he had to get on some high ground or something or he didn't have room for it.